You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Sorted thither with his disciples, and Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. And Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? You know, when you look at this passage... It's amazing how the Lord, we know he knows everything, but there was never a situation that caught him off guard. Have you ever been caught off guard? And you don't know what to say, you're not sure how to deal with it, and then later he thought, oh, I should have said this, or I should have done this. Here is the Lord has this interaction with a mob that is coming as enemies. Here he looks at them and with absolute clarity, he just asks a simple question, whom seek ye? Now, he knew who they sought. He knew all things. He knew what was about to come his direction. He was hours, within a day, he would be on a cross. This was the nighttime hours before we have the arrest. Then there's going to be the trial, the crucifixion, and the Lord will give up the ghost in just a few hours. And so knowing all things, he asked them a question. Matter of fact, he doesn't just ask them the question once. He asked them that question twice. And their response was the same in both manners, in both times. First time they asked him, whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. And they went backward and fell down. I don't know about you, but if I was in that group, I would think, okay, we're up against something a lot bigger than ourselves. <clears throat> Again, they, the Lord asked them, whom seek ye? And they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. We find that phrase, Jesus of Nazareth, mentioned four times in John And as we look at it, twice it's mentioned in this passage in John 18. And we're going to look at that little statement, but but with that, it was all predicated on whom seek ye. You know, in life, there are people that seek Christ for different reasons. People walk through those doors for a lot of different reasons. And when we look at this question that the Lord was asking, 
these individuals, we know that these individuals were coming to seek him not as a friend, not as a savior, not as a redeemer. They were coming to seek him as an enemy. But with that, we find that people seek the Lord for different reasons. The longer I'm saved, the more I see the necessity of us having the right motives in our service for God. It's our actions matter, but our motives matter as well. You know, there are people that come and fill churches week after week that I don't believe are seeking Him at all. They are fulfilling an obligation. They are checking off a box. There is a duty, maybe that has drawn them. Maybe there is a social club or a social relationship that draws them there because they have friends, and we ought to have friends. We're, we are to be a family. But ultimately, when we come to the house of God, we should be seeking Him. But not just when we are in the house of God should we be seeking Him. It ought to be that we are seeking Him first and foremost in our life. So I'm going to ask you the same question that Jesus asked these that were coming as enemies. And I'm not asking you that question because I feel you're an enemy. I'm just tonight wanting to sort of put a mirror in front of all of us to where we look at it and honest, being honest with ourselves, say, why am I here why am I here whom seek you father I pray that you'd bless now these next few moments and help us Lord help me uh, Lord I want to seek you and I want to seek you for the right reasons and I want to have a right relationship with you and Lord I I believe that that is the case of each person that's here and those that have tuned in online. Lord, they're, they're here. They've set this time aside in their life. And, and I pray that you would help all of us as we uh, look into our own life. I pray that you would help us to, to have the right motives. And Lord, if, if we can recognize some errors, maybe some flags will go up to, uh, in our lives just to bring some awareness to some, uh, some things that might not be right. I pray that you would help us to get it right. And so bless now in this, this time, may all of our attention be drawn to you. And may that be the case, for Christ's sake we pray, amen. So here as the Lord is getting ready to go to the cross and uh, just in a few hours, uh, he asks these questions uh, of these, uh, this mob that is there, whom seek ye? Uh, and it's amazing just to see the power of truth. And you know what? Truth is powerful. And it doesn't matter who uses truth or who, who speaks truth, 
truth is powerful. And here, the Lord himself, he's speaking truth. And as he speaks truth to these individuals, he says, I am he. Now, uh, when we think about I am, uh, the I am statements in the Bible are very powerful statements that are, that are recognizing the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was not just a man, he is God. And here, when he was saying, I am he, uh, just the very phrase of I am is one that was taken very seriously because God was the great I am. And uh, so here uh, we, we look at this and we see that uh, there, there were uh, there, these people had come to seek the Lord and great pains were taken for them to be there. This was not a a scheduled event that would fit into people's normal life. They had come out uh, after Jesus had already had uh, the, his uh, last supper with the, uh, the apostles. Uh, he had already told Judas, whatsoever thou doest, do quickly. And Judas has left, and he's already traveled to go get the mob and uh, to bring them back. Jesus has taken the other apostles and got, went into the Garden of Gethsemane and had prayed. And now uh, we, are, we are leaving that, that area, and now the mob is there. So now hours have transpired and we're in the wee hours of the night and, and, and the, the daylight has not come up yet. You know, Peter is going to deny the Savior here in just a little while uh, and the disciples are all going to scatter here in just a few moments. Uh, but they, this crowd comes and this crowd came seeking Jesus and it was very inopportune. Uh, they came at great pains of their own self uh, to put themselves in that position to seek him. And, and they sought him, uh, and it wasn't because they had a desire to know him. Uh, they, they came and sought him in the darkness. Why? Because they were of their father, the devil. Uh, he is the father of darkness and uh, of sin. And so uh, we see that they were uh, in that hour uh, of darkness, but they came seeking. Uh, and you know, uh, when, when people come, they come seeking Jesus. They come seeking for different reasons. And not only do they come seeking for different reasons, they also find him differently. There's a, there's a different response based on how they sought. You know, when they came seeking Jesus as an enemy, what did they find? They didn't find Jesus fighting them. What did they find? They, they didn't find Jesus looking at Judas and calling him his enemy or a foe. Jesus looks at Judas and said, Wherefore art thou? Come, friend. There was, there was a friendship that was there. Jesus is always good, no matter how we come. We can come seeking the Lord, and it can be a totally selfish reason. But we will always find Jesus gracious. We will always find Jesus loving. And He never changes. But whether we change because we sought him is a different story. 
There are people who sought the Lord out and yet never received Him. You know, isn't it disconcerting when you go try to share the gospel with somebody and they listen to the plan of salvation and they reject the Lord and you just scratch your head thinking, why would anybody not put their faith in Jesus Christ? I mean, if he, and he is a wonderful Savior, and he is willing to freely give a gift of salvation, forgiveness, so we do not have to spend an eternity in a devil's hell, and he offers us us the opportunity to be a child of God, uh, and uh, to be able to have forgiveness for every sin that we had ever committed or were yet to commit, uh, and to have that uh, him as our Savior and not as our judge, why would people... Uh, reject. And sometimes we walk away thinking, I should have said this differently, or maybe uh, if I would have done something a little different, they would have received. But you know, when I think about Judas, Judas was with the Savior, one of the chosen, three and a half years. He watched Jesus day in and day out. And never received him. Never put his faith in him. He rejected Christ. You know, people can reject Christ. They rejected him to his face. You know, if we have the wonderful opportunity to see somebody saved, it's not because we said all the right things. If we have the opportunity to see somebody accept Christ as their Savior, it was because the Lord was working and drawing, and He was He was bringing them to a place of salvation. Uh, but here, the Lord, uh, He is He is. Con- Uh, contacted by this mob and he asked them uh, whom seek ye and and we find these different uh, responses and so whom seek ye the response came back Jesus of Nazareth Jesus of Nazareth now the first time we find that phrase Jesus of Nazareth is in John chapter number one so go ahead and go back there Uh, John chapter one They sought Jesus of Nazareth. And this is the first of the four times that phrase Jesus of Nazareth is used in the the Gospel of John. Uh, And so look with me at verse number 45, John 1, 45. The Bible says, Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip saith unto him, Come and see. And Jesus uh, saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith unto him, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. And Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. And Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art 
the king of Israel. You know, Philip had found uh, Jesus of Nazareth, and Jesus of Nazareth that he found when, when he found him, he found the Messiah. He was him whom Moses and the prophets wrote. He was the promised one that was going to come. And people that, that sought Jesus, uh, some found him as the Messiah. I'm so thankful that I have found him as my Messiah. I'm so thankful that I have found him as my Savior. Uh, a week ago Saturday, 39 years ago, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Uh, you know, uh, what a blessing it is to be saved. What a blessing it is uh, to know uh, Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And if you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, there is no greater uh, person that you need to meet. There is no greater decision that you could ever make that it, except to receive Jesus as your Savior. And, and Philip here, he found uh, Jesus of Nazareth and he found him as his Messiah. As his Messiah. You know, that relationship is personal. It's not, you can't have the Messiah because mom has the Messiah. You're not saved because, because dad is saved. You're not saved because grandpa's a pastor or uh, dad's a pastor or uh, grandma is a pastor. Uh, you're not saved because of any other reason than you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Philip found the Lord Jesus. He found Jesus of Nazareth as the Messiah. When the disciple or when the mob was coming to Christ, they were saying, Jesus said, Whom seek ye? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. But they weren't looking for the Messiah. You see, people come and people seek. But it doesn't mean that they're all going to find him the same. You know, if you come to church and it's just a check off a box, you won't get anything out of church. You know, I was in here uh, before church started and the choir was singing. I was uh, setting up the, the PA board back there and just getting some things dialed in. And they're running through the, the, just the practice, and I'm back there just rejoicing. I mean, praise the Lord. I mean, when, when we come, if we are seeking the Lord, he will be found. If, if we come seeking Jesus and we, we have a heart's desire to, to hear from heaven and draw closer to him, uh, that's exactly what will take place. But if we come and we sit down and we just sort of uh, want to be, be impressed, well, you're in the wrong place because I'm not going to impress anybody. If, if you're looking to be wowed by great theological debate or oratory, you're in the wrong spot. But you've come to a place where you can learn about Jesus. And you know, you and I, when we come, depending on where we are, how we are coming, it determines whether or not we're going to find anything. Whom seek ye? Whom seek ye? 
So here, Nathaniel and Philip both, uh, they found Jesus of Nazareth, but they found him uh, as, the, as the Messiah, as the Redeemer. Uh, he was the only one uh, and is the only one that can bring redemption and forgiveness and newness of life. He's the only one that can bring purpose to your life. You know, a job is empty. You know, sometimes life, we feel like we're in that squirrel cage. You know what I'm talking about? And we're running as fast as we can, and we're not going anywhere. That little wheel is just spinning faster and faster. When we stop and we put our eyes on him, all of a sudden, everything has purpose. It has purpose. And if we're just on that wheel, we got to stop and get off the wheel, get our eyes on him. That purpose, he's the only one that can give salvation. He's the only one that can bring justification in our life. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace with God. Uh, whom seek ye? Uh, have you found the Savior? Uh, if you haven't, uh, you need to trust him today. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, so here they sought, uh, we see Jesus of Nazareth, first of all, uh, we see him in John 1, and he was the Messiah. Uh, I want you to go to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. And we'll find the third time that the Lord, that phrase, Jesus of Nazareth, is used. John 19 and verse 17. The Bible says, And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him, uh, on either side, one, and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. King of the Jews. Now, I do not believe that Pilate was a saved man. I don't know how you could receive Christ and crucify him. Maybe at a later time, but when he was writing this, I think he was just observing that Jesus was a good person. He said, I find, find no fault in him. Jesus was a good man. You know, the Muslims will agree with that. But that's not enough. You know, God is not the good man, the old man upstairs. And God and the Lord Jesus Christ, he was not just a good man. He was not just a, a just individual. He was not just a falsely accused man. He was king. And here, prophetically, we find Pilate writing, King of the Jews. And he wrote it in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. And the Jews didn't like it. 
They didn't want to receive him as Messiah. They didn't want to receive him as king. And there are a lot of people who will look at Christ as a good person. They will look at him as, okay, I believe he is, he is God. But they never make that relationship personal. And there's a difference. There's a difference between just an awareness that he lived and him living in your heart. There's a difference. And here we find that uh, Pilate, he was willing to justify himself. He makes this sign, uh, but will, unwilling to accept him. Uh, this man, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, and many believe that he was a good man, and many believe that he was special, uh, but that's not good enough. And just having, having a knowledge of Jesus isn't good enough. It's not good enough. Have you made it personal? Have you made it personal? It's not good enough just to recognize that he's God. There are people by the thousands around, millions around the world on Easter Sunday that will go to a church. But that does not make them saved. And I'm thankful for every opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. And I'm thankful for those that put their faith in Christ uh, on that day and they trust the Lord. Uh, but, but the reality is uh, just having a belief in his existence, uh, having belief uh, uh, isn't enough. He didn't just go about doing that which was good, though he did good. He, he was good. He still is good. Jesus is the Messiah. And he is the King of the Jews. But just coming and seeking Jesus of Nazareth and only recognizing that he was a good person is not enough. So now go back a chapter, John chapter 18. And we'll see the second and third time that in our text where Jesus was sought. In verse number 4 of chapter number 18, Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said unto him, unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with him. And as soon as then, soon then, as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Now they were seeking Jesus to destroy him. They were coming in darkness. Uh, they were coming uh, with tools of destruction. Uh, they came with swords and staves. The sword uh, there, of course, a sharp instrument uh, that is to divide, to, uh, to pierce through. And then a stave, which was uh, the sa same uh, uh, term as a uh, crudgeon, which is a, a thick uh, stick that was, was made to just uh, use as a weapon to beat somebody. And they were coming as enemies. They were not coming as friends. And uh, what a tragic thing. 
thing to think that people uh, come, came to Christ out of a desire to injure. Years ago, when we were still in Bible college, uh, there, were, there were some um, reporters that were coming into the services. Every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And after every service, they posted things in the paper. They would take the message, they would write it down, they would turn things, twist things, and then they would post things uh, that the pastor had preached. And they came solely for the intent of destroying. I sat behind them one time. And it was everything that I could do not to let them have it. It would not have made anything better. It would have just made everything worse. You know, there are people that not only sought the Lord in the garden as an enemy, there are people that come into the churches as enemies. And you say, well, pastor, you're talking about, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just telling you the reality is the devil is a divider. The Lord told us that they would sow good seed and they would sow tares. And those tares were going to be mixed in with the good seed. And those tares were going to take resources from the very soil, the very life that would help the good seed from growing the way that it should grow. It would choke out some of that good seed. You know what? We've got to keep our eyes on the Lord so we don't let the enemies get entrance in our life. Moms, dads, you're a mom and a dad. God has placed children in your life for a reason. You need wisdom. You need wisdom. You see, when my kids pick their own friends, that's very unwise. It's very unwise. They're not wise enough to pick their own friends. Amen. There are people that are going to hurt them instead of help them. We've got to be wise. We've got to know. We've got to have some insight and some wisdom. Why? Because the devil's after them. And he wants to destroy. There are friendships that Sometimes we've got to break off. Why? Because those friendships are not helping us, they are hurting us. They're enemies, they're destructive, they're they are dividing, they are destroying. Uh, why, why do we want to allow somebody to come in that is coming in with a sword and a stave? What, what good is that? You know, Facebook... 
is dangerous. Social media is dangerous. And we use it. Right now we are streaming on Facebook. And I think just like YouTube and the internet, there are a lot of good things that you can use, but it does not mean that it can't, does not have to be monitored. Parents, if you've got, if you've got Wi-Fi in your home, our, in our home, uh, it was always turned off at bedtime. You say, why? Because kids are sneaky. That cell phone, that, that gaming device, it's unbelievable, all of the interactions. We just had a young lady that was attacked here in our community two weeks ago. Dad walked into his little girl's bedroom and there was an adult man in there. 13 years old. And she met him online gaming. You say, oh, they don't know where they're at. That's not true. Unbelievable. All the things that go on. You know, the devil's he's destructive. You know, even within the churches, the devil is sowing seed to try to divide and destroy We've got to be wise. Not everybody that walks through the doors is seeking Jesus of Nazareth as Savior. Just think percentage-wise. If one of the 12 that Jesus chose was a devil... He said, have not I chosen you and one is a devil. That was the Lord's response. I wonder what the, what the statistic would work out to be of true believers, even within the house of God. That's something to think about. Just because we walk in, just because we're sitting in church, just because somebody else is there, we sit alongside them, that does not mean, number one, that they're saved, and it does not mean, number two, that they are seeking Jesus. Now, say, Pastor, you want me to be, be skeptical about everybody? Man, Brother David, I, he wasn't looking like real good today, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe no, it's Miss Ingrid. It wasn't Brother David. You better watch out for Brother Bill. No, that's not what I'm trying to get us to be aware of, but what I do want us to be understanding of is that we are in a spiritual battle. And this spiritual battle cannot be won by the arm of the flesh. And the only way we are going to understand spiritual things is that we are discerning them spiritually. We have to know the Lord. We've got to know His book. And in knowing the Lord and knowing, knowing His Word, He'll give us insight. Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit can just 
communicate to you. Hey, watch out for that. How he impresses you to do something. And you respond and all of a sudden it's like, man, that worked out. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Deb and I were talking about that, was that this morning or yesterday? Yesterday. And she had, uh, she had been impressed to do something and, uh, and she followed that impression. And, and I said, hey, that was the Lord. And she said, I know it was the Lord. I said, but you listened. I said, I don't know how many times the Lord will impress on my heart. And I'll, and I'll oh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll take care of that later. And then all of a sudden it blows up in my face. I'm like, man, I wish I'd have listened. You know, the Lord is working all the time. We've got to be sensitive to his leading. Whom seek ye? Just coming to church doesn't mean that we're seeking the Savior. Let's be honest with ourselves. Sometimes we're here because it's our responsibility. Sometimes we're here because somebody is expecting us to be here. But that shouldn't be where we live. That shouldn't be our normal condition. We should be coming because we want to know the Lord. We want to know Him. We want to know Him better. And in doing so, we'll find Him. Philip was excited to talk about to Nathaniel about who he found. He found the Messiah. And you know what? As we are getting to know the Lord and as we spend time with Him, uh, it's a joy to be able to tell other people about the Savior. And you and I have that wonderful opportunity. Let's do it. Whom seek ye? Whom seek ye? Let's make sure that we're seeking him. And we're seeking him because he's our savior. We're seeking him because we love him. And in doing so, we will find great blessing. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness, for your words. And, and I pray, Lord, that you would be honored. Uh, by decisions made, Lord, and help all of us to be honest with ourselves uh, and with you. And Lord, if there's some, some things that aren't quite right in our life, some things that we have uh, maybe just let slide, maybe our focus isn't where it needs to be, I pray that you would just help us to push that reset button tonight. And Lord, may you be uh, honored by that and help us, Lord, to just seek you. Uh, so thankful that, uh, that you will be found of those who seek you. And so bless now this invitation, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together. The invitations. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.